Welcome to the Miko Pellet Podcast. Okay, Phil Weiss, thank you for uh, letting me come and interview you. My pleasure, Miko. It's great, great to get to know you better. Great yeah. to see you one on one like this. Same here. So, I want to start with something you said last time we met, okay. which was at the um, Alex Oda dinner in Southern California. Mm-hmm. The fall of 2021. Okay. You received a, a very well-deserved award. Thank you. And you said something about the destruction of your culture, of the Jewish-American culture. Okay. And uh, I thought that was very moving, and it would open the door to something that I think is really important. Can you elaborate, talk about what that what you were talking about? I think that Zionism is just such a, a, a terrible ideology and such a, a mistake for people to believe in Zionism at this point. There were times where I think Zionism was an excusable belief system. But Zionism at this point has just is totally dominated Jewish secular culture in the United States. And I think what I was probably talking about is the fact that I was made by that culture. Uh, I'm proud of, uh, of the culture that made me, uh, the American Jewish culture that made me. To me, that was uh, an intellectual tradition an independent political tradition in the United States, opposition to the Vietnam War in my childhood. So it's a very personal narrative for me. And today, Jewish American secular culture is largely Zionist. And that's a tragedy. Do you think that could have been avoidable? In other words, when you talk about this culture you grew up with, this culture of Jewish American culture, what was that? Can you talk a little bit more about what that was? You know, my father was an academic. I was just raised with an idea that Jews had a tradition of social justice and they were outside of, of mainstream of American society. We wanted to get in. I mean, I think that was, that impulse of wanting to be in was very strong as it is in many immigrant communities. I mean, third generation, second generation. But I think there was a lot to be said for that culture. There was a lot of leadership uh, in the anti-war movement in the 60s from the Jewish community. The SDS obviously had a large Jewish component. And, of course, the arts and literature and music, um, Jews were playing a prominent role in all those things. And I'm nostalgic about that, partly because I think assimilation and wealth have wreaked havoc on that culture. That's what happens in America. I mean, there's an arc, but Zionism played its part, too. And Zionism, I don't know, it's it's just awful what Zionism has done to the American Jewish community. Because... Well, Israel needed the American Jewish community, desperately needed the American Jewish community. And um, American Jews knew that. And American Jews, uh, I believe, willingly accepted that Yoridim role. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. But I was instructed, the first time I went to Israel, I was in my, I was 50 years old. I got there late. I mean... If I had known, I would have gone over there uh, when I was a teenager because I could have gotten a girlfriend, you know, but they didn't, I, my parents were outside the community. They didn't, I, I didn't know that. They didn't send you the kibbutz or anything? No, no, I didn't get any of that. I, happily, I escaped a lot of the indoctrination. Yeah. And if I had gotten a girlfriend, the indoctrination would have just been complete, you know, yeah. at my teens. However, I finally got over at 50 and met, saw my mother's best friend in Jerusalem. And she instructed me that they were Aliyah, and Aliyah was higher, and Yoradim were lower. You asked, why did the Jewish community in America sign up for the Zionist agenda? There were obviously many reasons for that. 
And one was, I don't think you can ever remove this, uh, when they say that, you know, we've been watching all these imagery of the Holocaust on television, you know, the Holocaust was being, and the Jews going, you know, being slaughtered and being too passive, they said, in uh, Eastern Europe and Central Europe. And then there's this image of these sunburnt Israeli soldiers, you know, uh, in the desert of the Sinai, smiling, and, you know, on the tanks on the cover of Look magazine. Obviously, there's a lot of propaganda in all this. I don't dismiss the idea of propaganda, but it was important to American Jews to have a different understanding of the new Jew of Zionism was an attractive image for American Jews. And Israel needed Jews, absolutely needed them, and we were lesser. We were not at the front lines. The Jews in Israel were the ones who were taking all the risks. Who were we to challenge their choices? Right. And I remember growing up, the conversation was, oh, these American Jews, all they do is give money. You yeah. know, they, 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 you know, they're not strong enough to be here, you know, in the, to serve in the army. That's right. This. They, all they do is give money. Yeah, they're they soft. That's, they're soft. Yeah. And that's all they care about. And, you know, these, you know, yeah. kind of the... Um, like the Jews have always been in exile, you know, like the yeah. Jews in the diaspora. They're always a little bit weak, interested in more money than this, but, it, you know. So yeah. that was kind of, you're right, that was like the 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 ascenders, the olim, which came to Israel and the descenders who left or yeah. stayed outside. That was, yeah. that was a very clear, so I remember yeah. that conversation, the adults talking like that yes. when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned 67 and these young Israelis sunburned with the guns yeah. and the tanks. Yeah. But you also mentioned 73. Yes. So could you talk a little bit about that? Well, I want to talk a little more about 67. Sure, sure, please. Okay. The Jews of America, and I guess this is 73 too, they really thought that Israel was going to be pushed into the sea. Right. Okay. And so I'm not, it's not fair to Chomsky because I don't remember the exact thing, but I think that Chomsky would even say, here's this MIT professor who's is a brilliant man, who's as well-informed as anyone, and he was signing petitions, I believe, either in 67 or 73, of send more aid, you know, we're worried about Israel. So this community was willingly ravished by this understanding. And the great American poet Robert Lowell uh, non-Jewish, wrote to his the poet Elizabeth Bishop in 67, he says, all my friends, all my Jewish friends who have been marching against the Vietnam War have turned into these terrible hawks about Israel. It's crazy. Okay, he said in 67. And Lyndon Johnson said, this community that won't let me send a screwdriver, I, I can't buy a screwdriver to send to the Tonkin Gulf, you know, to the American troops, they want me to be sending money to Israel right now. So I don't think this was, okay, there was a lot of propaganda. Obviously, we can strip away the propaganda about the 67 war and the 73, we can strip that away for a long time, the lies that were told and the belief, but there was a belief that Israel was in trouble and the American Jewish community was there for it, absolutely there for it. Yeah. And even I, being outside the community, I, I remember, you know, and bar mitzvah, whatever, I just remember the that that was, the American Jewish community rose in that situation and wanted to support Israel, I, I believe. So this is between 67 and 73? Around right? that, yeah, I'm, I was a kid, I was 11 yeah. years old, so, yeah. yeah. And some of this I should know better, I should have prepared for this, but, yeah. I think that period was crucial, and I think that, yeah, there was just, yeah.
I, I think it's an I, I think it's inarguable. But I was talking to speaking of sixty seven and the yes. mythology and the propaganda. I was talking to some um, ultra orthodox Jews, not not far from here actually, in upstate New York, and they were asking me if it's true that even secular Jews and secular Israelis believe that sixty seven was a miracle. Uh-huh. A miracle. Uh-huh. You know, secular Jews who don't yeah. believe in miracles yeah, 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 yeah. still believe it was a miracle because yeah. it was just an incredible thing. Yes. And, um, you know, in, in my book, In the General Sun, I have minutes from the meetings of the generals oh, running up to the war yeah. s- describing the reality where the yes. Arab armies were not prepared for war. That's why yeah. it's a great opportunity yeah. to attack. Yeah. And then, you know, in five days it was all done. Yeah, yeah. And so, rather than look at the at the facts and the, and, and, and the reality, which yes. was that you know there was no way this war was not yes. going to end in a massive victory for Israel, as Johnson knew too, as Johnson knew too, and then in between we got to wedge in the story of the USS Liberty. Yes, of course. And Johnson, and what in the what what in the world happened there? You know what I mean? And that's completely ignored. And then again, yes. you've got this this propaganda machine which glorifies Israel, glorifies Israel, glorifies Israel, and at the same time creates the impression that Israel is somehow a victim. Yes, all true. Can you explain this? Can you, what do you think of, how do you see all this? Because you see it from a different angle than I do. I I come from that other side. Well, I mean, I think Chomsky has said, you know, that this was a genuine belief here, you know, that Israel was at risk. Okay, so I I think that was propagandized. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. And uh, the new historians and you yourself, and many others have helped to reverse that understanding, and that's a great thing. So I think that's wonderful. It's well known that Israel was not at risk, so, yeah. But I think that the word miracle is a helpful word. I like what that Satmar Rebbe said to you, because one of my favorite themes in, in covering this issue is that all these American secular Jews who speak of Israel as a miracle, they say it's a miracle. And American politicians say the birth of Israel is a miracle, and what Israel has done is a miracle, and the desert bloom. I mean, they're still selling this tripe now. You know, this propaganda is just endless, but these are, you know, Jewish intellectuals. This is where, this is what I mean by the destruction of Jewish culture. I'm sorry, it's taking a little while for me to understand that. Remember, you have intellectuals, Jewish intellectuals, saying that the uh, establishment, the, the birth and establishment of Israel is a miracle. I mean, please, I mean, look, the creation of certain institutions and uh, prosperity in Israel in in the annals of capitalism is, you know, it's a, it's not a chapter, but it's in there. It's, it's, it fits with modern capitalism. You know, they've done a a great success by that. I cede that to them and, and certain institutions, civil institutions, I, but it's not a miracle. We've seen, you know. You go there and it's not whatever. Let's not get into what is. But I mean, we do. I mean, do we believe in miracles? Suddenly, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in miracles. I, mean, I, I know. The use of that word is very strange. I agree with you. Right? And agree. you know, by the way, I agree with you. you. Know, I again going back to my experiences with 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 the ultra orthodox community, um, because I'm you know, I'm working on this book about them. Yeah, uh, I've gone to synagogues. That's with great. Them. I spend time Shabbos with them and things like that. And when you go through the prayer book, yes. The term six days, six days, six days, six days shows up so many times. And of course in Hebrew, over and over again. And you go, this this the name, the six day war, was not an accident. Wow. The war was actually ended in five days. The war yeah. lasted five Didn't days. Didn't Diane get the one more day? And 
I think they just, you know, they just <laughs> this phrase wow. speaks to Jews. Wow, wow, you know, it's not wow. just the sixth day, yeah, yeah. You know, the days of creation, but in the yeah. prayer book, yeah, it's you know, especially on Shabbos, yeah. over and over again, yeah. six days, six days, yeah. six days. Wow, so, I mean, it was it, it was a perfect fit. Yeah, and 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 again, somehow these intellectuals who are sec completely secular, who have nothing to do with religion or God. Yeah. Uh, they talk about Israel in terms of, of a miracle, and they talk about the sixty-seven in terms of a miracle, and, and all of that. And you have to wonder what what is it that a community that is actually doing well, granted, yes. you know, their, their grandparents came as immigrants and worked very hard, yes. and now the Jewish community is what it is in America. Why are they? Why do they? Where, where does this come in? Where does Israel come in? Why do they even care about this secular Zionist entity? In Palestine, why? Where is that connection? Why is there such an emotional kind of, you know, connected to their heart somehow to this place, to this place, Israel? How and why? Because they live here, their kids are here. They don't want their kids to go there. Yeah. They don't want to go there. They're happy yeah. maybe to send money a little bit, but you know, it's a well-established, safe, you know, community here yeah. in this country. What? Yeah. What is this? Yes. It's, it's something that people don't understand. I don't understand completely. Okay, but I feel that when you start, when you set it out in that fashion, which is a very helpful manner, what you just told me, I, I believe in the importance of religion in human affairs, and I think that we're talking about religion. So Zionism became the new religion? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, religion, so I have a pretty wide, open definition of religion, but, I mean, religion is something... So, we're talking about intellectuals, yes. but intellectuals can also be religious. Of course. When you're talking about a Jewish community, that is a religious community, be it ever so an ethnic one or a race, whatever, it's also a religious community. And now you're telling me about that this was inscribed in the holy pages, too, of the six days. I think that there's a... That's part of what religion is. It's this community understanding that gives people meaning, gives them purpose in life, and that these things are inscribed religiously as well. There's obviously a very strong political dimension to it and the propaganda, but I, I think that ultimately we are talking about a religious community and a minority religion, minority religious community in America that believes delusions. I mean, ultimately, when we look at this American Jewish community, be it ever so successful, be it ever so wealthy, bourgeois, their kids are comfortable, et cetera, et cetera, they're doing great, on and on and on. They believe, and we use the word miracle, they believe delusions about Israel right now. You go to these people who are the best educated in America, or among the best educated in America, and they don't think there's apartheid there. That they don't, they're in absolute denial of the persecution and destruction of the Palestinian people. They are in complete fucking denial of this. And that is my role here. That is the thing that gives me purpose here. Mm -hmm. Is that they, those people, my people, of whom I am so proud, have signed off on the, you know, the Warsaw Ghetto and worse for, for another people. In our lifetimes, I have seen that right before my eyes. And that is, it's, it's, uh, it's religious, it's whatever it is, but it's certainly a political, whatever the sources of that delusion, it's ultimately a political question. And it's the obligation of, I believe, every American Jew of conscience to address right now. It has been the obligation of every American Jew of conscience to address for over 50 years, but 
it becomes ever more urgent. So that's kind of the sentiment that you expressed in that talk. Now I'm remembering, yeah, of course, year, yeah. Last yeah. fall in, in, in Southern California. But talk now a little bit about your role. You've got Mondo Weiss. But can I address this in terms of the role? Please, yeah. I think that what struck me in that moment was that uh, I'm a pariah in my own community. You're a pariah in this community. Members of my own family uh, hate what I do, okay? And here we were in an Arab-American community that was welcoming us, that was celebrating us, that was giving me an award for my work. Now, I'm not an award seeker in life. I, life is its own reward for me. The pleasure of engagement, the, the intensity of engagement is its own. But they weren't honoring my work. God bless them. And my community has never done that. So. Uh, I have to face the fact that it's just very moving to be surrounded by people who are ethnically completely different, religiously completely different from me, who are saluting what I've done. I, that, that, that's what I remember. Uh, that is really, that's really, it's very moving and it's a terrible, I don't want awards from the Jewish or any community, especially, but the fact that we're, we're held in contempt by the Jewish-American community is just, it's, it's the problem, it's the problem. Now I have, I'm optimistic about this, but you know, I'm, I think the American Jewish community is changing, but it's a very slow process. To hear the rest of this conversation, subscribe on Patreon at patreon.com slash Miko Pellet. Mm -hmm.